0: Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today.
1: The Big 12 continues to run the show in college basketball. Are the Bears really going to send Nick Foles back to Philly for Carson Wentz? Plus, can the Cardinals follow in the Bucks' footsteps? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today.
0: Searching all major sports. Found Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Another night, another monster game in the Big 12. West Virginia pulls away late 82-71 to beat Texas Tech in a game that really was much closer than the final score indicates. Joining me now from Locked On Big 12, Josh Neighbors. And Josh, I had you on the show a couple weeks ago, the last time these two teams played, and I asked you, which one was better suited for a deep NCAA tournament run after West Virginia is now 2-0 and in these two games. How different about your answer do you feel? Because you said Texas Tech last time.
2: I did. I did. And here's what's interesting. Between these games that actually happened, West Virginia lost at home against Florida, which I thought was another indication of their up-and-down nature. But since then, they've won now three straight games – this being the latest. And what I think they've exhibited is that they found their best five. And we've seen that tonight through and throughout. Bridges, Matthews, Culver, McNeil, and McBride. That's their best five. Matthews' last game goes for 20-plus. Tonight he goes for two. Uh, McNeil, last game, goes for three. Tonight, 26. So they're finding scoring from different guys. they found their best five. And they've found the ability to have variance within that best five. That to me is the key, Peter. And and you're right, I do feel very comfortable about them about saying, hey, yeah, this is a team that can make a run because they found that identity.
1: It is also worth mentioning that night to night in the Big Twelve, trying to figure out what's going on is nearly impossible. I mean, we're we're just a couple days removed from Texas Tech beating Oklahoma and and you know Texas we know is is a really good team Baylor might very well be the best team in the country so we also I, I think have to be careful making too big a judgments about one game in what is easily the most loaded conference in college basketball
2: right I mean we we saw from Texas Tech we wanted, we you know we wanted to finally see there's a reason why they're number seven in the country this week it's because they've gotten it all together since that West Virginia loss. The last time around, they've been putting it together in the rest of their games, but not tonight. They, they were not able to put it together tonight, and so that's kind of the up and down nature of the league. Texas has dropped a few games in a row as well for the last five, I believe it is, and so and even now Baylor is facing their toughest challenge in in the coronavirus. So I mean, all of these teams are trying to find their footing uh, and trying to figure out, you know, what is our identity? How much does playing such a challenging schedule? cloud the fact that, you know, we might have found it one game and, you know, we might lose our confidence the next with a loss. It's just so hard to tell on a night-to-night basis. You know, even, even Iowa State's giving teams difficult games. Kansas State almost beat Texas tonight. So this league now, top to bottom, seems like it's trying to, uh, you know, it's, it's cannibalizing itself in a way that we've seen the Big Ten do it all year. So it's kind of crazy. Uh, and it's, it's so funny, Peter. You and I always seem to, be, you know, meet every single week and the conversation shifts from team to team game to game it's just been so much fun this season
1: the chicago bears look poised to trade for a quarterback could it be carson wentz or someone else plus everything you need to know next
0: now here's what you need to be locked on today
1: the utah jazz extend their winning streak to five and stay atop the western conference after beating the celtics in utah The Utah Jazz won their 16th game in their last 17 with a defeat of the Boston Celtics. Brad Stevens came out with an interesting defensive game plan, playing two bigs and switching everything, and the Jazz annihilated it. Once again, the opponent had to pull a ripcord on their defensive game plan. Tonight was the Jazz's best offensive game of the year, led by Donovan Mitchell's 36 points. Joe Ingles had 24. Rudy Gobert's defense was remarkable late in the game, but once again, it was the third quarter for the Jazz, the number one third quarter offense in the NBA, the number one third quarter team in the NBA. And that's when they stretched it out. Jazz hold the best record in the NBA, having won 16 of their last 17. For more on the Jazz, visit Locked On Jazz on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Philadelphia 76ers hold on to their slim lead in the Eastern Conference after beating Sacramento 119-111. to 111. Joel Embiid put up 25 points, and the Sixers stay up on the Milwaukee Bucks by a game and a half in the East. Remember when James Harden was supposed to make the Nets unstoppable? Well, they just lost again.
0: Adam here with Locked On Nets podcast. Once again, that old fashioned feeling we had against the Washington Wizards, Brooklyn, just a no-show really across the board against the Detroit Pistons tonight. They came out soft, came out lackadaisical, didn't give you perimeter defense, which exposes the defense on the interior even worse in a game like this. It's a matchup where on paper, Even without Kevin Durant, you should be easily destroying a five-win team. Instead, you give the Pistons their six, and there's just a lot not to like about it because it comes down to effort, comes down to energy, comes down to focus, comes down to being prepared to take on a team that is well below 500. Instead, Brooklyn continues this trend of not showing up against bad teams around the NBA. You can hear Doug and I break this all down on the Locked On Nets podcast right here on Locked On Podcast Network. Here is another story you need to know.
1: Last week, Adam Schefter reported, among other reports coming out of Philadelphia, that the Eagles were anxious to move Carson Wentz, that a deal could potentially be imminent, and the team most discussed... In the in the reporting and in the innuendo beyond the reporting has been the Chicago Bears joining me now from Lockton Bears, Lauren Cox, and Lauren parsed some of this stuff for me. It seemed like we were going to get a deal. there was there was stuff on the table at least through the reporting of it that there was some sort of discussion happening here and now. We haven't heard much lately. What's going on?
3: Yeah, initially we thought it was, well, the NFL doesn't like big breaking news directly around the Super Bowl. So we just had to get through last weekend and the blockbuster trade would come out Monday or Tuesday and we're at the end of Tuesday and still no deal. Now the latest reporting we're hearing is that maybe the Eagles kind of got the cart ahead of the horse a little bit, showed their hand a little bit too much and saw the big price tag that Matthew Stafford got and said, Hey, let's get that for our franchise quarterback and teams like the Bears and the Colts albeit interested in potentially bidding against each other weren't interested in bidding up to that level. And so now Chicago's left kind of seeing where the Eagles are a little bit here and also exploring a lot of their other quarterback options because they seem desperate and every indication is that they want to go big. They want to make a big swing at quarterback and make a clear upgrade from Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles rather than more of a lateral one.
1: Yeah, a lot of the reporting that I saw about, hey, it's a one and other picks and a player. To me, that seems like something that Philly says, hey, reporter X, this is what we're getting to create a market a little bit for Carson Wentz. It seems hard for me to believe that a team is going to give up multiple assets and a a high pick for a player like Wentz after what we just saw last year.
3: Well, the problem is, you know, NFL coaches always think, well, we can fix him. Oh, I got this. We can do it differently. It's going to be different for us mm-hmm. than it was with that other team. And for the bears in particular, they hired last year, their quarterbacks coach, John Filippo He was the Eagles quarterbacks coach in 2016 and 17 Wentz's first couple of seasons. He has that experience helping Wentz get to that high level. And the bears just promoted Filippo to now passing game coordinator in addition to quarterbacks coach. So that, opened up the floodgates of Bears-Wentz rumors, but it's also important to keep in mind that John Filippo has worked with a number of other quarterbacks that are potentially available this offseason that the Bears could have some interest into. So it's not so much a direct tie to Wentz only, but he opens up the gamut for a lot of different possible quarterbacks.
1: Terrific segue into my last question here. You said the Bears want to make a splash at quarterback if it's not Carson Wentz. We've heard Deshaun Watson mentioned in connection with Chicago. We've heard Derek Carr. This QB carousel is spinning quickly. What are the other names? Who
3: are the other? It's it's Watson. They're definitely interested. I don't know if Watson wants to waive his no trade clause and come to Chicago that already has some long-term instability at head coach and GM, plus everything they would have to give up to get Watson would send Watson to a supporting cast that won't have a lot of ability to actually build around him and do that supporting so then it's yeah Derek Carr like you mentioned John D. Filippo had been his quarterbacks coach with the Oakland Raiders at the time also I guess you know Gardner Minshew from the Jaguars not really quite that big swing for the fences but a guy that you know a young potentially ascending quarterback that John DeFilippo worked with on the Jacksonville Jaguars a chance to be more but at the same time you know DeFilippo worked with Nick Foles and had the same success in Philadelphia with him that he did in or that he did with Carson Wentz so Anything can happen at this point, but the Bears and Matt Nagy have been quoted as saying you got to get one of these top elite quarterbacks, you know, the top 10 or 12 quarterbacks to be a difference maker. That's what they need in Chicago. That's what they're going to go after. And the list is pretty short. Wentz Carr kind of seemed like the most two likely candidates.
1: Can the Arizona Cardinals follow in the Bucks' footsteps from out of the playoffs to the Super Bowl? Our cue of the day is next.
0: Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day.
1: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers went from 7-9 and nine to Super Bowl champs. So all this week, we're trying to figure out who the next team could be in 2021. Going from 500 or worse to the Super Bowl the following season. What about the Arizona Cardinals? Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Cliff Kingsbury, and a defense that has some nice young talent like Isaiah Simmons, from Locked On Cardinals, Bo Brack and Alex Clancy have the case.
4: Bo, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went from seven and nine in 2019 to the Super Bowl 55 champs the year after. What do the Arizona Cardinals need to do from go, to go from eight and eight to make Super Bowl 56?
5: What's the old cliche? Defense wins championship. Todd Bowles, the former Cardinals defensive coordinator, he was the unsung hero of Super Bowl 55. That Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense balled out. They didn't even give up a touchdown to that potent Chiefs offense. Can the Cardinals develop In the third season under Cliff Kingsbury and Vance Joseph, a defense that can slow down the opposing offenses, especially in a murderer's row of a division in the NFC West. And the the upcoming schedule, they're going to be facing just an incredible slew of quarterbacks and wide receivers, whether it's Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams or Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. I mean, it's just going to be incredible, including the division foes and Russell Wilson and his wide receivers. Matthew Stafford, the newcomer to the division, they need to upgrade this defense We're looking at that defensive secondary. There's question marks surrounding Patrick Peterson. Will he return or will he leave the team via free agency? Regardless of what happens, if it's P2, staying or going, the team needs to rebuild their cornerback position. And it's going to take a couple guys, not just one, not just the draft pick at 16th. It's going to be important that this defense gets better. And that's on general manager, Steve Kime, Alex.
4: Yeah. And on the other side, it's it's no more fun time for Kyler Murray. Like it was nice in 2019 because in 2018 the Arizona Cardinals were pretty much a Division Three school in the NFL. You come to 2019, you get the spark plug of Kyler Murray. So much fun. You saw him in the in the playoffs, uh, go toe to toe with Alabama after the first quarter, and he comes in the NFL. They tie week one against Detroit when they're down a couple scores. You're like, oh man, there's some juice in the valley now with Kyler Murray at center uh, under center. You know, they get five wins in 2019. 2020 looks started great. Kyler Murray was getting MVP consideration through six or seven weeks. And then everything kind of came back to earth. Kyler Murray needs to stabilize his game. We saw the best of Kyler Murray in the run game. We saw the worst of Kyler Murray in the run game. And sure, injuries hindered him towards the tail end of the season. Kyler Murray needs to grow up. He needs to mature. He needs to take that next step. Because it's no more, oh, cool, Kyler Murray's the quarterback. It's Kyler Murray's either going to win games for the Cardinals or he's not. And collective with what you talked about, the defense, those two things would get the Cardinals on their way to more than eight wins and once you get into the playoffs. Who knows? Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, that's our elixir for how the Cardinals can make Super Bowl 56.
1: I think it's also worth pointing out here, you mentioned Todd Bowles. When we look at what the defense was able to do for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Kansas City Chiefs, We know the kind of playmakers they have. They had a quarterback who can move around even though Patrick Mahomes was dealing with that turf toe injury. If you can't block, you are going to have a hard time. And relying on Kyler Murray to run every down if necessary, this offense needs to evolve, first of all. But second of all, they need to shore up that offensive line because it lets them run the ball better, number one, running in traditional run formations and also protects Kyler Murray because we know he can extend plays. But what about play action? Give him time to find second, third receivers. DeAndre Hopkins is a great tool, but they have other guys that they can use. They just don't always give Kyler Murray the time to see the field and make plays, especially down the field where he's incredibly potent, one of the most lethal, accurate deep ball throwers in the league. And finally, Serena Williams won 6-3, 6-0 against Nina Stojanovic in the Australian Open. This is the 75th time Serena has won a set in a major 6-0, the second most among women in the Open era. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Thursday, could the Minnesota Vikings finally break their Super Bowl curse? We'll have that and a lot more. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.